everyone, welcome to another episode of Two Broke Brokers, and you're with Mr. Daniel Craig and Josh Butt. Welcome back, guys. We've been a bit slack this year, as we say every time yeah. we do this fucking podcast. Yes, um, uh, one thing, one thing we've got going is is definitely commitment, man. We talk about it every <laughs> week at the start. We are committed. And we've come back once more for another episode. We are back again. This week, we're going to be talking about interviewing, yep. interviews, getting jobs, Dubai, transitioning from one state to the other. Yeah. Um, when you are broke and you've got a job, you will most likely think about other jobs. And it's always worth being on the market. Agreed. You know, yeah. if, even if you're, you're absolutely loving your job. If someone comes up to you and offers you something else, then you want to know what to say. Obviously, you might not be interested, but what do they actually have to offer? Opportunities. Always keep your options yeah. open. Exactly, yeah. There's no harm in just uh, just seeing what's out there, right? Yeah. You could be totally committed to your job. Why not see what else is out there? Yeah, definitely. Always keep in touch. And that makes you a more rounded person. That makes you more attractive to other employers. Anyway, before we get onto that, Daniel, well, how's the book going? The book's been stagnant. Oh, no. I've been oh, writing no. a book about discipline. But, um, well, I've, I've just moved in with my girlfriend now. I'm not saying that's a distraction, but what I would say is that... <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is that um, it's a new space, new environment, and I've got to find a way to, to balance my own time. And yeah. right now I'm enjoying my time, and I just need to find ways of... Uh, Seeing how I could get other other activities in at the same time, but uh, that's something I'll live and learn, you know. <laughs> um, one how th- is that? How is that going for you? Because obviously, if you don't mind talking about it, you're in a studio, so you've obviously more than anything you've lost a workplace, right? Like this is a studio here. You can imagine I've got a table up here. Uh, if there's another person in here, it's sort of it's almost like you've got someone well, breathing down your neck, right? So how do you? Find your own space, if that makes sense. Well, good question and easy answer. <laughs> headphones. Okay. Okay. But, like... Not earphones. Headphones. Noise cancelling. Put it over. It doesn't need to be noise cancelling, but see when it's over your ear. I don't know if this is because I'm borderline dyslexic or what, but... <laughs> Autistic. <laughs> Autistic, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember that time? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, don't need to, we don't need to talk about that. Um, but I feel like... <laughs> earphones over your ears they do help you get in your own zone even if you're not playing music okay because people re- even if it's just one person in the flat and they see you've got your headphones on they won't you get, get they're less likely to ask you questions right so you can you can easily get into your own zone I do need to start doing that more um, do you not find yourself so like let's say I was sat up here let's say girlfriend had the telly on would you not find that distracting then I'd just play a bit of music and not... Uh, yeah, it would be if I was facing the TV, for sure, yeah. You'd have to angle yourself away. Yeah. But would you not just find yourself looking back over your shoulder? Every now and then, but no, I can, no you can avoid that. Yeah. Definitely. So what's your excuse for not doing the So I, I think um, when it comes to discipline, I need to bring over a page of this, but one step at a time, mate. Like, every achievement you make, you can reward yourself. For example, <laughs> right... <laughs> If sometimes I'm productive with a cup of tea, sometimes I'm not, it doesn't matter. But I'll make a cup of tea because I've just sat down, looked at my laptop, opened it all up, I'm set, I'm ready to go, but I'm not feeling it. 
Okay. So I go make a cup of tea, I come back to the table, and then I'm like, right, boom. I'm drinking my tea, I'm happy, and you know what, I've been to the toilet, nothing is going to disturb me right now. I've already pressed play on my music. Okay, that's it, set, you're in the zone. I can set and do my work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I finish my tea, uh, you know, give yourself 10 minutes after that, you're like, you start kind of twitching a little bit, right, okay. okay. So you take your headphones off, you walk around the room, you come back. I don't know, you find your ways of, of making sure that you can stay productive. But... Do you know what you need? What? teapot <laughs> two cups of tea in there yeah pour your first cup do you work you ran out oh fuck then you take a little break go back to the kitchen pour your second one boom you're back in the zone you've doubled your working time we need, there straight we need away. practical things don't we <laughs> um right let's get back to the job front and oh, no, no. how was your week my week was my week is monday yeah, well, yeah, but I was last I week. I was last week. Um, <laughs> last week was promising. Um, it ended promising. This week is, is action now. Okay. And my Monday today was nothing but waiting on people, which is what action is over here. When you're, when yeah, you're a you broker you're when you're a broker, and action is to be had, that's when you put the ball in everyone else's court. Yep. And today I was just waiting for them to get the tennis racket out their arse and smack that ball all the way over to my side again. Okay, so whilst so you've sent out all your chasers, you've done the phone calls, you're pushing people, blah blah blah. Yeah. What are you doing whilst you're waiting? I went and I saw a property, took some pictures, did the listing, got that online. Nice. Um, there's a new girl at work, so I gave her a few tips and tricks. Okay. And Daniel Craig, just, head just, of sales, um, <laughs> training. I just gave her a few tips and tricks. Uh, it always helps. Um, what else did I do? Chasing people up and yeah, making sure that I was right, to be honest. <laughs> you know, you don't want, you don't want to, uh, uh, people to hit the ball back to you and, and you're like, actually I was wrong. That's so fucked up, you, Yeah, you just got to make sure you're level, plan mm. out your week. Um, I managed to get a phone call from a few people that I've been chasing for the whole of last week. Okay. And things are looking promising in, in other perspectives. So yeah. So, which will lead us quite nicely into our uh, topic. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, good segue. I think I think it wasn't based on your current situation that I picked this subject. I think that in general, for everyone out there, finding a job will come in handy, won't it? Like, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. Everyone needs a job sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. Some people need a break. You're not wrong. Um, but there's a few. I mean, I've had a few job interviews since I've been here, and and to be honest, they were some of my first ever corporate interviews. Okay. Like I've I've never had a job interview until I came to Dubai. Reason being, you know, I, the jobs more or less fell on my lap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd applied at the right time, or you know, I met my boss outside of work, and he offered me it there at the pub or whatever. So, coming to Dubai when I started. Because I was broke and I was like, I need money. So I went, I started going to recruiters. That was, that was my, my, uh, that's what I, that's that what my strategy day. was. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I thought, right, I need money. And I, I picked up a few things that I think would come in useful for other people. But for what, first I want to say, right, transitioning from one job to another, how easy do you think that is? Well, it's funny, that's a good question, because when we started this podcast, I was at 
Helix Hopes. And we talked about this before. We talked well. about it before. Literally, I think the first episode or maybe two or we three... We were talking about advantages. I yeah. transitioned into this. So, yeah. So, I'm going to... Transitioning is, if you're in the same industry, pretty easy, if I'm being totally honest with you. For real estate? Yeah. Yeah. As long as you don't have a bad reputation, exactly. then it's exactly. pretty easy to, to, to jump from one to the other, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Uh, I think I said it before, the job I got at Helix, didn't apply for it. I met the director of the company on a real training course uh, and got the job that way. She needed someone with experience and who was willing to take some form of risk, more or less. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that was, was willing that to was take the risk what with what came that, yeah. into the opportunity category. Exactly. Transitioning. It's easy to find or easier than most countries to find someone like that over here mm -hmm. because there's a million real estate companies that just pop out out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. So that was my transition there. From Helix to this current company, um, again, didn't apply for the job. It was someone I'd known for a year, someone that I'd leased a property to. Uh, reached out, that was terrible. Reached out saying they were looking for someone. It just so happened that it was the right timing i'm very conscious i've been very lucky with my timings and uh yeah took that job and that was four five six months ago it's all who you know so that being said transition is relatively easy if you are already in real estate or if you want to get into real estate the advice that you'd give is be genuinely like over over in dubai i would say that when it comes to agents you've got two kinds of agents You've got the people who are aware um, and you've got the people who are naive. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. So what I mean is people who are aware, they're observant to, well, honesty, values and other types of things that, that help you be a trustworthy person okay. or at least perceived to be. They've got sales skills. They're good at talking. Yeah. They might be confident. And a little bit cocky sometimes, but mm -hmm. as long as they pers they give out a persona of of honesty and trust, then you know you can you can top off your sales techniques with that. Yeah. Fine. If you're naive, then you're just a runner. Yep. You are uh, chasing the money. You're you're looking for a money grab. You're just opening doors. Right. So, to be honest, as long as you learn in a real estate job, obviously you want to come across out the better, right? Yeah. So I'm just saying that that's kind of who we're up against out here. You've said one or the second. Yeah, okay. Um, people learn quicker than others. But I think well, what's quite interesting... If, yeah, go Sorry, on. do you want to finish? No, I'm just... Well, my point was is that if you're looking for a job in real estate, you've got to promote those certain qualities. Yeah. The, the good ones, obviously, like the, the values that you have in helping people, the values that you have in service, customer service, um, and... Not just that, but but confidence and the willingness to learn. Yeah, 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 totally agree. What I was going to say is those two type of personalities, what you often find, though, is that the real estate company that they go to, the ones that are aware, as you said, tend to be very well in their company and are rewarded as a result. The ones that are naive tend to do less good in the company. But here's, if, here's the catch, right? Now, you mentioned earlier that we're bringing out 19-year-olds from straight off the boats. Yeah. Now, what's good about a 19-year-old or early 20s, you could call them naive, 
right? Because something, pfft, mate, when I was 19, 20, I was a naive fucker. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, an like, arrogant, I thought, naive bastard. I thought I knew yeah. a few things, but I didn't really. Mm. But what's good about those people is that if you find the right ones, they are incredibly driven. Like you, exactly. You sit them down in the phones and they're willing to do what people who are a little bit more established don't like doing they anymore always feel like because they're, too good for they're matured in, yeah. in their industry or something like this. Yeah. These people who are straight off the boats just fucking batter it. They've got that energy and yeah. the passion for yeah. it. Yeah, and I mean, if they're... Because they, maybe they don't fully understand um, the concept of time as much. And when I say that, it's just, I'm getting fucking deep here. I'm no, go for I it. I really man. want to explain this well, right? But when I say the concept of time and naivety, right? If you think too much about your time, then you're not willing to put in the grind at the start because you realize too much about time. You're thinking about the time spent on things yeah. that don't yeah, add yeah, value. Yeah. Look at it at a time over ROI matter. Yeah. But when things, if you do genuinely put in the time into things, then you will get the rewards eventually. The rewards, yeah. And the people yeah. who are driven and naive, the young guys, they they don't think about that sometimes. They don't think about that sometimes. Yeah. And they end yeah. up making some killer money mm-hmm. at the start because they're just so driven and naive to, to this sort of thing, what people think, and they're, they're a bit arrogant like that. And sometimes that works. But it's 50-50 as to which way that person goes. Because yeah. that person can then, as you say, they put in the time, they put in the effort... They make that much money because they're making that much money when they're so young. They then think they're Billy Big Bollocks. Yeah. Whereas if you refine that... And we've seen a few examples of that. I know exactly who you're talking about. We wouldn't name names. We wouldn't name names. But um, if they can... can, It's not about winning too early, but if they can use that and actually figure out how to become that consultant... And refine that skill. Mature, mature. Refine the skill... Then, then they can get that. Then they're right? going to go a very long way because they will very easily learn what's working for them and what isn't working for them. Yeah. However, it can go the other way, and you can suddenly think, "Well, I've earned this much money because I'm a 19 year old with all this passion. Fuck listening to you. I'm going to do my own thing." Well, and then they end up not making any money well, and getting yeah. fired. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so we've kind of gone off topic there. Bringing we... it back, just two seconds. I was going to say one thing. You were talking about the people that are aware and the people that are naive. Yeah. What you find, because you haven't left... The same company. Sin, the same company. We've said house and house, it's fine. Since you joined it, right? Two yeah. years now. I have. I've been through two jobs. I'm not arrogant enough to say I'm particularly amazing at what I do. I know the basics, I know the fundamentals, and I know how to apply them. What I am finding is that if, you stay in a, if I'd have stayed at house and house, I know I'd be earning good money now. I took a risk, I left it, and I've had two bad cards dealt to me. So I'm in the job market, but I'm competing with the naive agents. Because the naive agents are the ones that don't get retained by their companies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you look at House and House, the incentives that they had for the brokers that were making money, there's no way you'd want to leave a company like that. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same with all of the top five, ten real estate agents. So the aware brokers that are making money aren't really in the market to shop from job to job. The what, Like, okay, if they do, it's probably to seek, rather than 60% comms, they're going for the 80% comms. But that's a very tailored market. There's only a few agents advertising that anyway. 
So I, I think it is interesting that you said you're going up against those agents, but you're also kind of not going up those agents. And that's why not going up against those agents. And that's why I think it's quite easy to navigate and to stand out. Because if you were to look for another job tomorrow, which you wouldn't because you're making money at house and house and you're being rewarded financially for it and you will start to be rewarded in terms of incentives. But if you were, you would stand out because you're one of those aware agents. So okay. that's just something to consider. Like, you've got to portray yourself as an aware agent, but just be aware, the competition, I don't think is that big out there, mate. I think the brokers that are shit will join a company, not make any money, and go home. That's it. I think there's very few agents shopping around the market, if I'm mm. being totally honest with you. That's why I think we get reached out by so many recruiters, because they're like shit. People aren't coming to us because they're happy where they are. I'm going to advertise a role. I'm going to advertise the bonuses. Cause... Okay. Yeah, okay. Just, uh, just another way of thinking of it. But yeah, if I can bullshit my way into jobs, pretty much anybody can. No, I'm not even being funny. Like, if I can bullshit my way into jobs, pretty much anybody can. Well, you've done a good job so far, right? We'll see what happens in the next few weeks, yeah. mate. Well, all the best for you, man. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, so I don't really want to cover what employers are looking for because people can just Google that shit and it's everywhere. Yeah. And we sort it's of touched just, on it with being aware just, rather than it's being It's the like, basics. Yeah. It's genuinely the basic. Having good values, yeah. a bit of charisma, honesty. Um, so I'm just going to skip all that because I think yeah I think that's fair mate I think that's fair no all you've got to do is show willingness potential to learn and an interest in the company that's the basics yeah really yeah and I've uh, I've looked up something for you today Um, the do's and don'ts now this is from a recruiter that I used a while ago and they were very helpful the guy was very helpful and it gave me a brochure, so I'm going to go through that. Just because... Did they manage to source you a job? They got me one, and I had the interview. Did you pass the interview? Well, no, but I'll get onto that Okay, later. well, I'm just I'll saying maybe this brochure's not I'll the best you, thing to be going no, through. I didn't even fucking read it. So, <laughs> listen, I only opened this today because we're talking about... No. To our listeners, we're going to walk I'll you tell through you a about, I will tell you about the fucking mistakes that I made, yeah? But right now, you're going to listen to the do's. Listeners, we're going through a brochure right now that helped Daniel not secure That's not true. <laughs> so, the do's. Okay. Which are probably don'ts. Dress smartly and professionally. I agree. I always agree with that. Okay. I... Eat, like you always overdress for don't you, right? don't wear what you want but don't wear fucking trackies and a top do you know what I'm saying mate I like, don't think sit trousers and a shirt it does I think oh, always tight as long as always. you're presentable as long as you're presentable mate are you saying you wouldn't go fully suited to an interview I wouldn't wear a tie if I had a blazer really yeah and this is why he didn't get the job. Well, listen, right. <laughs> you always overdress to an interview. Uh, arrives on time and a few minutes early. That's just easy. You'd always do that. Uh, yeah, but that, a few minutes is 10 to 15 minutes early, at least. At least. You want to be sat in that waiting room for an interview. Yeah, you want to be there for Without at least 10, 15 minutes. And that doesn't exist in Dubai. Maintain eye contact and express yourself clearly. 
Yeah, when you when you come are we up, not spending much time on each of these? Are we just flicking through? Oh, we're just going to flick through. Okay, fine. Um, sorry, I'm getting ready to break each one down. Well, if, if I'm just saying, right? If you make eye contact, it, it shows a level of confidence and maturity. Absolutely, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. If 100%. you can look someone in the eyes, especially a stranger, when you're talking to them, mm-hmm. it means you can actually gauge their reactions a bit more. It also yeah. shows a level of trust because if you break down it on the psychology. If you can't make eye contact with someone, you're often making up lies, basically. Yeah. Relate your background and skills to the position. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that. you'll need to obviously have a good read through the job application and, uh, well, they'll, they'll give you a job description, uh, yeah. description. So just read through that. And once you read through that, put one in the other. And to be honest, like... Just memorize that to a point that when you are having a conversation, you can mention things and relate it to that job description. Yeah. Cause I did that in mine and it really ticks some boxes. Yeah, you've got to bring everything back to that. Just on that really quickly, when I was back in the UK, we did like a mock interview day at school. Okay. And one of the tips that this like banker gave me is that sending your CV is a hard enough job as it is. But if you really desperately want a new job, you should pull up the job description before you send your CV and tailor your CV to the job description before you send it. Yeah. So you're effectively redoing your job, uh, your CV every time you send it. Yeah, that's it's quite interesting. That's how you should do it. But at the end of the day, no one's got time to go through that no, whole exactly. process every time. But definitely when you're going into the interview stage. Read through that fucking job description. If anything, right, a recruiter or the, the HR, whoever you're interviewing with, wants to hear the key words and the, key, the best place to find what they're looking for is in, in the job, the job description. description. Exactly. Yeah. Um, convey your good points, faculty and sincerity. Yeah, fair enough. Show how your experience would benefit the company. Yeah, again, that sort of look for what they're looking for and then those are, you bring the relevant experiences you've got to the table, right? You know what is a good thing to say? About, about showing your experience, say that you learn best off of feedback. And I mean, experience comes with the job, yes, but you learn most off of critical feedback. I'll get into that soon. Mm. Um, number six, conduct yourself in an alert, enthusiastic manner as if you were determined to get the job. That's a bit, that's sort of body language, right? Yeah, like you, you're engaged. Yeah. You're engaged. Sit upright. Goes back to eye contact. You know. I've got. I've got a lot of feedback. I'll. I'll get into a few of these comments after I go through the don'ts. <laughs> right. Don't answer questions with a simple yes or no. But at the same time, I believe that if someone asks you a question, Be give them right. a yes or no first, and then, and then, then justify it. Don't say ah well maybe, but because blah 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 blah. Yeah. Just yeah. Say, yes. I agree with that because da 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 da. Like, just be punchy. Absolutely, yeah. Be direct with an explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't rush your responses or let any nerves take over. Now, I did this in one of my interviews, and I think it worked quite well. I wanted to be sure about the words I was saying, but the questions that they were asking were quite complex. Okay. So I've been trying to do this thing recently. For the past few months, to stop going, uh, yeah, uh, this, uh, that, and if you actually slow yourself down, 
and stop going uh, then you will get your points out clearer. Like your words are not forced, but they are punctual. They are sure. They are direct. See, didn't how I, I didn't go uh direct uh this. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that ends up sounding pretty formal. It sounds informative and collected yeah you yeah. need to collect your thoughts before you give an answer yeah i like that yeah. it's a really hard habit to break um and ah uh, uh, a really yeah. hard habit you to never break want to be doing that. yeah nice but it also gives you time to collect your nerves if you think about what you're saying look at people in the eye and when you're when you do pause know that it's not awkward yeah Know that you can take these pauses. Know, like, if you need to take a pause, take that pause. And I did it at one point. He asked me a question and I, I sat there for about at least a solid 15 seconds. And I made sure that I wasn't awkward about taking that pause. Yeah. I needed that pause to think. And I, I made sure and thought about it properly. Um, <laughs> make, don't make derogatory remarks. And you're... What does that fucking say? Don't make derogatory remarks about your present or former employees, colleagues, or companies. Yeah, that's huge. That's you, huge. You can't badmouth your employer, right? But at the end of the day, they're going to ask you, why, why did you yeah, leave? Yeah, they always yeah. ask you, why did you leave? Okay, why did you leave? Now, I'm, I was going to mention this after, but I'll tell you now. I had a very good analogy for my job. Um... <laughs> when I had, I'm fucking thinking about these M's now. Bro. <laughs> uh, so I had a good, I had a good interview one day, and a a big part of my job interview, at least twenty percent of it, was talking about my previous employment. Yeah. Because I left a full on construction career and went into commercial real estate. It's like, why did you leave this job? Why did you do this? Yeah. And what ticked the box out of this? was not just about how, I mean, I talked about I wanted to be responsible for what I made. Yeah. And then he goes, why? And... In terms of salary. Why, why did money. you want to feel responsible when you were in a career? Why did you want to feel responsible for this? Because they, they appreciated that. They respected that to a yeah. certain extent. But they wanted to dig in deeper. They needed the explanation. Why did he leave? So I said, do you play golf? And he goes, yes. And I went, right, imagine you wanted to be pro in five years' time, but your coach only put you on the driving range and the putting green. You never played an 18-hole course. But in five years, you need to play that 18-hole course, that full round of golf that takes four hours. And all you've done is spent four hours on a driving range every day or four hours on the putting green. Yeah. And you might be excellent at your first drive, your first this, first that, but you've never done a full endurance course. And then I said, now imagine, imagine playing that 18 hole course at the end of that five years in comparison to a coach that puts you on the course and gives you those 18 holes, you know, every day. Yeah. Who do you think is going to play better after those five years? Now, you know how to play golf when you've just been on the driving range. You know how to swing a club. Yeah. But you don't know what to do when you're in the ditch. You don't know what to do when 
you, you're tired, you're frustrated you judge because distance, judging yeah, distance and all that. And all that. Yeah. So all these things come into play. And I, I, I cut it short and I said, that's why I left. And they, they understood that and that ticked a box, I believe. Okay. okay. Not enough to get you the job though. No. So <laughs> what, Sorry, I'll, I'll just skip all the rest of the don'ts because I've got a few don'ts that I've learned from. Okay. And one of them was was my they had to criticize me to tell me despite me already feeling this i did not portray it okay and one of them was vulnerability the vulnerability to learn now when you're 26 when you're 35 when you're 45 and you start a new job in a new industry you're going into different processes, yeah. different learning techniques, procedures, different procedures yeah, yeah, yeah. and different industry altogether. You need to learn from scratch. Now, even age is just a number when it comes to these things. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's because you need to have the willingness and vulnerability to be critically analyzed. You need feedback. So when you're in a job interview, expressing that, Listen, I am very good at what I did here. I'm very good at what I did here. Now, I've got a lot of transferable skills, but I also recognise that I need to put myself in a position where I'm willing to learn, which is why I'm seeking feedback from you guys. And I will put myself in a vulnerable position to make mistakes and to learn as much as I can from you guys. Yeah. Now, emphasising vulnerability is a big thing because if you're arrogant which sometimes happens with age because you're less willing to learn yeah, yeah, yeah. because you think you are more experienced. That, that can be a barrier. Mm. But if you can express otherwise, then it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Oh, no, I think that's quite important. You need to show a certain humbleness and are willing to, are willing to learn. Yeah, like you could, even if you're transferring into the same industry, the company you're moving into will have a certain way of doing things yeah. that you're not used to and you can be confident in yourself and say actually the knowledge I'm going to bring to this job I might be able to help you finesse something you may be doing something in a way that I think can be streamlined mm. however you may also be able to there's a reason I want this job yeah. with you so I'm willing to learn from you I'm willing to learn from the procedures you have I'm experienced in the sense that I think the knowledge I'm bringing to the table is valuable. However, if you've got a better way of doing it, I'm willing to adapt to that. And, and most, that's a hard thing to... That's a hard it's, thing it's to It's like try. you give uh, Led Zeppelin a guitar, right? He knows how to fucking play it. Let, that guitar is Led Zeppelin, yeah. yeah. Give him a piano, right? He wouldn't know what the fuck to do with that thing. But I'll tell you what, you give him a few lessons and he'll be hitting off riffs on that thing that you've never heard on a <laughs> piano before. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... Like, uh, it could work. So I've, I've covered vulnerability. The golf analogy is good for uh, if, you're, if you're moving industries. Yeah. And you want to say something about your employer, about the, their lack of training, for example. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because it, it makes it feel like they, they, weren't, they weren't giving you the full experience. You weren't going to be the pro and you were, you were held back to a certain extent. Yeah, because there's, there's a reason the majority of people leave jobs. And it's either an industry change, they're seeking a higher salary, or it's their boss. That's, yeah. that's factual. But your perspective, your potential employer, 
nine times out of ten, the person that hires you, you will leave as well. Yeah. How many people stay in companies for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years? Do you know what I mean? So they're always in the back of their mind thinking, this person is going to have an interview with somebody else. I don't want them bad-mouthing me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I covered that golf analogy. I covered vulnerability. And one of the things that I did wrong was I read the job description, right? I did that right, of course. That was the right thing to do. (laughs) Now, I realised that part of this job was sales. And when I looked at their team, because I did the company research, I looked at their team and I saw that they don't, it doesn't look like they have any of these younger, charismatic sales guys to, to jump in and pitch. So I wanted to come off across as a charismatic you sales to guy. That guy. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to come in and say, listen guys, this is what I think you need. Um, without knowing shit. And I actually came off, I came across cocky, confident, and yeah, a little bit too, too big for my boots. Like I was too, uh, that's the kind of mindset I gave. And I, I did it by accident. And that's where I crossed the box. Yeah. Was because I, I ended up through that persona and not being myself, essentially, yeah. that yeah. I didn't give myself this vulnerability, which they picked up on. And they said, I don't think that you you listen. I don't think that you are committed because you'll come in, you'll get bored, or you're not committed to a, a long-term career because of, of, I don't know, something or other. Yeah, no, I think cocky and confident sound very similar but they're two incredibly different words yeah. to be fair yeah. yeah and it all comes back down to vulnerability you can be confident but still show a side of vulnerability whereas if you're cocky you're not willing to show that yeah, side. you're not willing to it's learn a it's a barrier to learn and yeah. that's what employers see and it's a really hard line to trek because you know you're applying for a job you have to sell yourself and the way to sell yourself is to be confident in yourself yeah but if that goes too far if you cross the line into cockiness into arrogance you just become difficult you just become difficult yeah and and as we said an employer is looking for somebody that they can mold to fit the procedures that they've got or at the very least will fit the procedures but will advise on where to streamline yeah no it's a huge thing man it's a huge thing and moving on which i think is is huge is Employers always ask, what questions do you have, right? And there are loads of questions that you can ask. But what an employer has the responsibility of doing in an interview, which I don't think they do enough of, is actually selling the job to you. Yeah, agree. So I think a really good question is, what, what do you enjoy in your job, you ask them this directly, what do you enjoy most about the job? What has kept you here all this time? Why are you still here? Because asking questions like that will get them to dig into the job itself. Okay, can can you give me an example of someone who started up recently and where they are now? Okay, this guy joined a year ago and blah, 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 and he's achieved this, this, and this. I said, where do you expect me to be in a year yeah where do you expect me to be in two years yeah because they'll tell you where it was to be and then there's another one i've got yeah where do you enjoy where do you expect me to be you've got to talk about money 
Of course, yeah. Of and course. sometimes that doesn't come up. What what kind of package can you would you provide for my service? Do you know I've just as we've been talking thought of an analogy. And it on. might be total shit and shut me down if it is. But we're a real estate podcast, right? Uh uh-huh. a job advertisement is not too dissimilar from a property advertisement. Where it differentiates is that if somebody applies to view a property, we would then go to that viewing and sell the property. However, with a job application, if a person applies, it's almost like there's an an expectation that that person doesn't have to sell the job. They want you to sell yourself. If we were to go on a viewing, we wouldn't spend that viewing sat there going, so why do we want you as a tenant? So what can you offer us? What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? The te- we have to sell it to the tenant. This is why you want this property. This is why we think it's a good fit. This you is know, why we don't think it's a good you fit. You know what it is? It's because on a, on a job listing, right? I'll, in fact, I'll do property first. On a property listing, that listing should give you every bit of information you need to know before you do the viewing. Yeah. So when you call people up, and you say, I want to visit this property, you have a good feeling that it will match your requirements as well. Whereas a job application or a job description, that doesn't, it doesn't give you all the things that you need to qualify because a lot of them come down to your personality and soft skills. So I can say that you need to, you need to be good at this, 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 and this. And you'd be like, oh, I'm good at that. But then you get to the job interview and despite you actually being good at the technical aspects of things, part of it is sales and you might be good at sales, but you walk into that interview and you're just like, you just, I don't know. Like I sort of disagree with you to be fair. I think a job description for a job is far more informative than an advert for a property. Because when you're looking for a property, not so much with commercial, but certainly residential, you can walk into an apartment or a villa or a house or whatever and just have a bad vibe, right? And that can completely put you off an entire property. The view could be shit. Or so is that be... not the same as a job interview then? Because you walk yeah, in but... and then... Because I would go absolutely fucking grilled in my last job interview. Now, yeah, but... the vibes were okay, and then they got bad, and then they got good, and then they got bad. <laughs> But my point is, as salesmen, we're showing this property and we're trying to match it to the tenant or to the buyer. Whereas with a job application, it's the other way around. You're trying to match the, the, the employee to the job. They're interviewing you, whereas if you're viewing a property, you're interviewing the property. It's our job to say, right, to find the connections between the tenant and the buyer to the property... Whereas it's completely role-reversed when you're applying for a job. You have to go to a job and then sell yourself. Think about this then, right? When you go for a job interview, people don't want you just for a year. This is true. Right? So for a residential property, oh, that's fine if you stay a year. If you stay two, three years, fantastic. For a job interview, I want you there forever. I want to make sure that you really like this job. I want to make sure that if I invest a year of 
money into you that you can produce enough value for me to get that money back. All right, well, look at it when you're buying a house then. You don't buy a house... Okay, out here you do. Say you're back in the UK. You don't buy a house for a year. You buy a house for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. But when you go on to that house viewing, you don't sit there and go... Yes, but I'm fantastic. I think I'd be a good fit for this house because I think I... <laughs> you don't know, do you? You don't pitch yourself for the house. Isn't yeah. that bizarre, though? Why is it any different? In, if anything, you pitch yourself the opposite so that you, you get, get a cheaper price. price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's the yeah. agent's job or it's the landlord's job to say, you're a good fit for this house because blah, 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 blah. Like... I very rarely get a profile from my tenants in a written document like a CV before I go on a viewing and give that to the landlord. And realistically, it sh- the landlord wants to rent their property. They should be trying to say, he's a really good fit, this person isn't a really good But it's total reversal, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Can we pause this while I go to Kawas? Yes. So, yeah. So, listen, I think... The interview process is incredibly weird. If we bring it back to real estate as we're wrapping up, I think just one final point I want to say is that it's easy to transition from real estate job to real estate job. Once you've got one. Once you've got one. Because your employer as a real estate is just a platform for you, really. The contacts that you build up, the landlords, the clients, the tenants, whatever you want to call them, are your contacts. It's all your own work. It's all your own work. It is just a platform. Real estate in Dubai specifically is almost like a franchise of a company. You become the franchise. It's like if you open up a McDonald's, you are not part of McDonald's. You're franchising from McDonald's. However, the reason you're getting your customers is because you're using the McDonald's platform. So when you're in real estate, once you've got that little black book of clients, it's quite easy to transition from place to place. I think I just I think that separates it from a lot of other jobs and a lot of other uh, areas in the world yeah. as well. Yeah, so I think that's really interesting. If you had to name, to finish this off, three key characteristics of someone who's never been in real estate to get into real estate, what would those be? A confidence, definitely, definitely confidence, a determination. Very nearly said discipline, but determination. Uh-huh. You've got to be able to willing to put the graft in. And the third thing is... Huh? No, go on, sorry. No, it was definitely I'm on two. Well, what was the first one you said? Confidence. And then determination. determination. Put the graft in. Is determination. Okay. Uh, do you need a third characteristic for real estate? Yeah. I'm struggling. They're the two fundamentals for me. I think if you've got those two things, then you're there. What, do you want to hear my three? Yeah. Okay. Personable. Yeah, sorry. Work ethic. Yeah. And entrepreneurship. Oh, that is a good one, to be fair. Yeah. That is a good one. You've got to be... You've got to have that... A businessman sense to walk into a commissionary role and build a brand. The yeah. reason I say entrepreneurship isn't based on, right, this guy wants to start his own thing, he's got a million different ideas, but 
what it does if you're if you've taken a, a business course or entrepreneurial course you generally learn how to qualify people a bit better because mm-hmm. would you make that decision as a businessman okay. would you make that decision what do you think the benefits are the pros the cons the risk assessment yeah and yeah. that's a big one is risk assessment so there's a lot of factors in entrepreneurship that come into play as as someone that you can trust because of the depth of thinking that you've used. Yeah, I like that, to be fair. Yeah, entrepreneurial, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that. Cool. I mean, I think it's been quite an informative podcast, to be fair. Yeah, man. Not massively focused on real estate, apologies for that. that, that No, that was the point of it, bro. Our topic this week was employment. Yeah. Yeah, but we are still a real estate podcast. Oh, yeah, well, we we summed it up. We summed it up. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, All right, well, uh, we're going to keep this under an hour this time, guys. Yeah, yeah, and last week's episode is under an hour as well. So this is our new run rate. We hope you like it. Uh, We appreciate you if you're still listening to us. I think it's been about a month since our last episode. Yeah, because we didn't get that other one posted. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, Adios, amigos. (laughs) Catch you later.